Wayne, we finally did it. What do we do, Ben? We get Dave Grohl as a guest? Well, we didn't do that. What about Eric Church? Get Eric Church as a guest? Is that it? We didn't do that either, but... Oh, man. Then you got to tell me you got Shania Twain, my, my, my rock and roll crush. She's going to be on the show, right? We didn't do that either. We finally joined Patreon. Oh, we did, did we? We, we did, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the podcast. And, of course, depending on the tier that you select, you can get access to episodes a week before they go live to all of our listeners. And also as a special treat, at the guest revisitor level, you can join us for an episode to talk about one of your favorite records. And we might also just have a special guest join us for that episode as well. And all new Patreons at all levels will be invited to our first ever live stream event on May 18th when we talk about one of the greatest records of all time, The Clash's London Calling. And speaking of favorites, one of our favorite guests, Ira Elliott of Not A Surf, is going to join us for that live stream. So go to patreon.com slash records revisited podcast. That's all one word to sign up. And we'll give shout outs on our episodes for all new revisitors. So big shout-outs to our first four Patreon revisitors. That includes Kevin Peters, who's our first-ever patron. Thanks a ton, Kevin. Also, shout-outs to Tim Reed, Andy B., and Carly Anderson, all new patrons. Thank you all so much. And I'm going to be purging the closet. There's going to be some T-shirt giveaways at some point, too. And a few of those names you will hear on upcoming episodes because they joined at our guest revisitor level. I think one of them has already selected a Bruce Springsteen record to talk about. He did. He's already marked his territory on that one. All right. You ready for the actual episode? Absolutely. Cue up the intro music. Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm the DJ, the MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. My co-host for this episode, he, it was not supposed to be my co-host for this episode. When we originally recorded this episode, Wayne was on vacation, but now, <laughs> uh, well, we'll get to that in here in just a second. So, um it, here's my usual co-host from the left coast, and he's one of those those individuals that Lauren Hill talks about. And um, yeah, he's one of those some guys <laughs> that only thinks about that thing, Hello. that thing. Some guys. Here's my co-host Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I mean, I haven't been one of those guys in a long time. <laughs> it's good to be back, right? Chasing that thing. So for this episode, we have not one, not two, but three special guests. They're sisters who comprise the band Call Me Spinster. Their self-titled EP came out recently. We're going to chat about that. Please welcome to the podcast from Call Me Spencer, Amelia Jacobs, Rachel Grabber, and Rosalie Grabber. Hey. Hey, did I Did I say it right? I screwed it up, didn't I? It's Graber. We, we got made fun of that a lot. The E bops the A on the head, and it says, Hey. I got it. That's yeah. phonics. All right. That's phonics right there. Uh-huh. I should have remembered. Okay, so let me just get this all out of the way. Cool. So, what, about a month and a half ago, we recorded this episode on our previous recording service. We get all the way done with it, and 
our guest co-host was Shannon Labrie for that episode. And she made a comment, something about, what did she say? <laughs> she, she jinxed it hard. I don't know. She said something like, wouldn't it be funny if it just didn't record or something? And sure enough, so we get to the end and I hit finalize the tracks and our recording service did not finalize any of your tracks except for <laughs> mine. And it finalized it. 14 seconds for each of your tracks. <laughs> it's the best part. So needless to say, we um, we have fired that recording service. We are using a different recording service now. And fingers crossed that we will get this recorded. Did I just jinx us? I probably just no. jinxed us. No, yeah, don't <laughs> say no more. Done, okay. we're done. Okay. It's going to go great. All right. And if not, then we're just going to use the old audio and we're going to try and interview, get have the whole thing with just the previous Ben take. Okay. Just trying to recreate we, it from there. Yeah, we can we can definitely do that. And you guys will just throw me <laughs> sound bites and no I'll edit it and all that good stuff. All right. So so let's let's we're gonna try and recapture the magic. Um and uh so here we go. So uh let's start with the all important question. So uh Rachel, what t shirt are you wearing? Um, I'm wearing a Master of Puppet Puppets Metallica T-shirt. <laughs> were you Were you watching my Twitter feed this no, morning? No, I wasn't. What did that, I don't tweet? What did okay. What did it say? Um, so I post I post what I'm what I'm listening to, and that was my first listen of the day. There you go. I knew it. Amelia was like, you shouldn't wear that because you don't have anything to say about Metallica. And I was like, that's might be true, but I'm going to wear it anyway. I, I probably have not listened to that album since like 92. And I found it at a garage sale last week for a dollar. And so I'm like, I'm spinning it. So great. Yeah. I felt it. I felt it in the ether. That's what happened. That, that's it. That's it. All right. So, Rosie, how about you? What uh, what T-shirt are you wearing? I got we got my blondie on right now. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yep. Debbie yep. in the house. And then Amelia. I'm wearing a a local a local Chattanooga group. So chill. Recently uh, moved though. Yeah, but um, it's a a band. Rosie's husband, who's a bassist, plays in and. They're great, but I just wanted to rep the Chattanooga scene, which is slowly growing. Very good. Yeah. All right. How about you, Wayne? What T-shirt are you wearing? Uh, I was organizing in the garage and found a box of T-shirts that I I didn't even know I had. So awesome. I pulled. I found a nice Ooh, cool yeah. Rage Against yes. the Machine shirt. Rage. Goes nicely with those tats. Yeah. I see. All right. Um, all right. So we got we got the t-shirts out of the way. So let's let's talk about. Um, Wait, Ben, what are you wearing? Oh, did I not say? Um, no. I'm wearing my Elvis Costello t-shirt. Oh, nice. I don't know how that fits in with Lauren Hill or anything else that we're going to. Everything about. is everything, babe. Everything is everything. everything is everything. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Let's quote Lauren. All right. So 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 tell me tell me about Call Me Spinster. So. Um, you you talked about just a moment ago that you're in Chattanooga. So, tell me about the scene in Chattanooga because you guys aren't originally from Chattanooga. No. We're Midwesterners. We're from St. Paul, Minnesota, which is okay. a really amazing music town in its own right. Um, and kind of migrated here 
by happenstance. Uh, I have been here like almost 10 years. I married a guy from here that I met in New Orleans. And, um, and the girls moved about, what, four years ago, uh, really to start the band because we had been just tooling around with some instruments that we had acquired and we, we didn't grow up really playing instruments other than singing and um, you know some forced piano lessons and um, so we have been learning some covers on upright bass Rachel had picked up a mandolin I had found our our grandfather's old accordion when our grandma passed away and um, so we just started messing around with them and learning like 80s pop covers and um, and kind of joked about all of us were teaching at the time. And, um, so we did, did this on our summer vacation two summers in a row and joked about if any of us ever left teaching or for some reason we would actually start a band in earnest. And so we, uh, I got pregnant, went on maternity leave and the girls decided to take it with me and move from Costa Rica and... Portland, Oregon, to wow. Little Chattanooga, and um, so we started a band. Uh, really, as as an infant was born, and so we, <laughs> we tried to uh, rock rock star it and uh, learn how to keep a kid alive at the same time. It's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, taking maternity leave when you don't actually have a baby is the best. <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> and we've had some interesting hustles too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Chattanooga actually has this cool thing where they do um, paid busking. So that's kind of how right. we first started gigging where, um, and it's, you know, it's a stipend, it's not much, but it's just enough to kind of hold you accountable. So every weekend we were going out and setting up on the, on the, corner on the bridge and and we'd just play covers on covers on covers on covers and um that's where we kind of first got our that and like family weddings we played those a couple summers in a row and that's kind of where where our vibe began and then it's just gotten more plugged in and more complicated and more uh of our own our own music as we've grown what were some of the 80s covers that you did we we do aha take on me we do a blondie we do some we're working on a a prince maybe even a prince mashup with TLC okay. um we're doing uh Ooh, the sparks know, song i love Jack you, sparks. You, guys, you guys know the brother duo sparks, sparks? Yeah. yeah we did when i'm with you okay I don't know. Yeah, a lot of nineties. Right, yeah, we're coming around now to more of the millennial anthems like Eve Six and Weezer, and um, trying to dust some of those off. And we started playing some like really old school, like Andrew Sisters and Elvis, mm-hmm. and you know other stuff too. Um, we one of our we we play weddings occasionally, and so having some of those. Oldies is fun, and we have to play for our grandmother's retirement community at least once a year. So we have to at least okay. know a few, like McGuire sisters and that sort of thing. Right, right. Mostly, we just keep a list up, and whoever adds a song to it has to sing lead on it. So you really have to think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. Are you guys doing uh, waterfalls 
Is that mm, one of your TLC no, songs? Not yet. No, that would be smart, but yeah. Yeah, we started the only reason The only reason why I asked that is because the only time I've been to Chattanooga, we did the waterfall there. Oh, what is yeah. that? Ruby Don't Falls? Ruby Falls. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Music video <laughs> in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so so with your, with your EP, uh, remind me again what it's called? Call me spinster. That was easy. Okay. It's hard to agree on something with three people, so yeah, yeah, just make it easy. So, so when I got pitched to 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 have you guys on the podcast, um, you know, I listened to your to your album and um, or your EP, and and I didn't really think that. Lauren Hill was going to be a selection that you would that you would make, but after I listened again and I listened to what's the song um, "Stop Wait," huh. that has a little bit of a hip hop vibe to it. So then I'm like, okay, I guess that makes more sense. You know, we love a lot of different kinds of music, and it's not always the kind of music that we play, and that's kind of an ongoing identity crisis that will be probably a lifelong musical journey for us. Um, you know, we when we even were thinking about what our name should be, we weren't sure if we were going to be a punk band or a, a hip-hop band, and we were pretty sure we weren't going to be... None of us has ever rapped, but... It would be a goal to include band members that did. That'd be an awesome thing. So it's it's just one of those things that, um, yeah, our influences are pretty broad. And so that hopefully will keep our music interesting for us as well as we grow. Yeah. Stop, stop, wait. Stop, stop, wait. Come on, come on. Stop, stop, wait. plays the accordion me amelia okay so long hard day that definitely has a lot of accordion on it um since you said we weren't setting off to be a hip-hop band (laughs) you guys should should really pursue that because you would be the first hip-hop band with an accordion player (laughs) is that true i don't don't know know. (laughs) i don't know if that's true this album has a miseducation has like Celeste, harpsichord, harpsichord. I mean, like, there's some whack. I mean, there's so much. That's what's cool about hip hop is that, yeah, you don't even notice this thick texture of instrumentation because there's just Mm -hmm. so much going on. I'd be very surprised if um, Avalanches didn't have a song with accordion on it. Mm, Okay. All right. Um, So I gave you, I gave you homework. Did you guys? Check out the band that I told you that one of your songs sounded like. No, I did not. I didn't. Tell us again. Cores. Cores. The the song "Morning" sounds like it could have been a core song. In fact, when I was listening to it, I, I was like, 
I had to go double check the course <laughs> discography to see if it wasn't a cover. <laughs> Busted. And that's no, that's high praise. You know, anytime they, that uh, you have a song where you're like, is this a Jackson Brown song? Or, you know, is this, is this Blondie? How's it spelled? K O R R S. Yeah, K-O-R-R-S. not like the beer, but C O R R S. Sure, it's not a K. It's not a K. It's not a K. Okay. I've got it. Got it. I'm thinking of. Apparently, Wayne has some homework to do. He needs to go with some chorus, too. I've seen them live. They opened up for Shania Twain uh, on the. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I saw. Hmm. Did you buy a Shania Twain t shirt during that concert? Uh, I, I, I didn't move. It was like when women from the 50s saw Elvis. I was in the same building as my crush. I didn't. I, I, all I could see was her. Good. You're already wearing fringe enough for. All right. So the one, the one question I need to throw out there because um, when we recorded originally, Shannon asked you guys about the 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 bathtub references because she she even mentioned that she's kind of fixated on bathtubs as well if you see a couple of her music videos mm-hmm. um she definitely has the bathtub yeah. thing in in as part of her dynamic or background or whatever you want to call it so your your t-shirts um definitely have the uh the the, the bathtub so what is the significance of the bathtub I'd say it's multiple there's kind of multiple significances one of them is that um our favorite place separately to come up with musical (laughs) ideas is in the bathtub so um we'll we'll be treating ourselves to a a nice long bath and and think of sort of melody fragments that will eventually kind of turn into and a couple of i'd say quite a few of our songs have have been born in the bathtub so that was kind of one retrospective significance of the bathtub, but wasn't the original reason we had it. Um, the first, what we, we wanted to do our music video for two hearts sort of around this water theme because it kind of, the way it ended up getting recorded had this very sort of underwater feel. And so the two heroes of the music video, the mermaid and the whale, we wanted to take them to various places, watery places in our lives during quarantine. And um, the bathtub was one of them. And we were working for a commercial right before COVID, um, helping out on a toothpaste commercial that Amelia's husband was directing. And they had this bathtub left over from the commercial, this awesome clawfoot tub. So we rescued that from quarantine and <laughs> hauled it around all Chattanooga and taking footage in the bathtub and then that image um, in it was is actually a still from the music video so uh, that and then it our just, album our, mm-hmm. yeah. that bathtub is in our backyard growing collard greens right now <laughs> oh really mm-hmm. okay so it's not good enough to be inside <laughs> it had a big hole in it <laughs> and it only has three legs <laughs> oh, okay yeah. all right well there you go. When when you get ready to to record the next album, you just 
shake off the collard greens mm-hmm. and the dirt out of there. And that's right. That, yep, there you or go. Maybe that's the next album cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the gross oh, or that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. There's some good imagery there. I like it. So did I did I did I miss any interview questions that I I meant to um, ask you guys last time? What sh- what should I be asking you? <laughs> Let's talk about what did I miss last time? Um, you should ask us about um when we're playing in Nashville next. <laughs> when are when are you playing in Nashville? I don't know, Ben. When are we playing in Nashville? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know that. Sorry. All, right. um, All you listeners out there, invite us to Nashville. So how far is Nashville from Chattanooga? Two hours. Okay. So that's not bad. And we'll always be early because we're on East Coast time. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're on, Y'all are on Central. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're on Central there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, th- I know that they're starting to open back up because a lot of our previous guests are starting to say, hey, well, I'm doing a socially distanced show at such and such. And, okay. you know, but I don't I don't know what the landscape of Nashville is going to look like. Like I'm, yeah. I'm seeing I'm seeing some venues that are, you know, closing. Um, I just saw that the historic exit in is uh, possibly going to be sold to some developers. Oh, no. I don't know if you guys... Have you guys ever been to a show at Exit Inn? Mm-hmm. So it's been around forever. Like, everybody <laughs> and their dog has played there. Like, it, on the, the, the wall, it tells you who all has been there. The Stones have played there. Um, Billy Joel. I mean, all of the punk bands have that that came through the you know 70s and 80s have played there the clash have played there um it would just be an absolute travesty if that ends up getting sold and developed because there's you can't replace that history but can you do two patreons at the same time one for (laughs) yeah i i'm sure somebody is i think the owner is putting up a gofundme so whenever we, whenever I find out what that is, uh, we'll definitely be promoting that on the socials because I don't want to see, I don't want to see good venues die yeah. like that. that. It's real. That ecosystem is so important. How are the venues there in Chattanooga? Have they been able to wait, you know, tough no, this we, out? We've yeah. lost, we've lost some. We've lost some. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on with Songbirds, but I've heard things that it might become like something's some still happening back yeah it's at least the space is still being used but um okay. it's tivoli a guitar museum oh but tivoli is coming back they have a pretty big grant i think to do a bunch of renovations okay. and uh, but we lost a really cute little tiny 
venue that a lot of, you know, small touring bands use. And, um, but you know, the scene is, was, I think kind of on a launch pad. And I think several venue developments were just put on hold and are going to be resumed. Um, there's a whole riverfront development project and one venue is part of that. And, um, I've heard, we've heard some rumors that Lamar's might be coming back and that, have you ever heard of that? It's, it's this I have not heard of awesome. Lamar's. We we had a, a really thriving, like Motown soul scene back in the sixties and Curtis Mayfield. Um, that oh, okay. Well, he, I don't think he started performing here, but, but he's from played here. there. Yeah. Or, no, two, two of the temptations are from here, but not Curtis. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, but anyway, they one of the old clubs um, that was still going up until through the '90s um, has been uh, just on on pause, and I think they're potentially reopening. Yeah. So, anyway, I haven't been up to Chattanooga other than to do the touristy thing a couple of years ago on our way up to Dollywood, um, yeah. and. Uh, and I actually, I, I told you on the last last time we recorded, so I have a client in Chattanooga, and I was supposed to come up and see them in March of last year, mm-hmm. and that's when everything kind of hit the fan, and we were told um, we're not traveling for work right now, and so I still haven't gone and seen them in person, but um, when we're back at it, you know, I'll be coming up there to Chattanooga to visit the client, and we may we may have to come in a little early just so that I can check out the scene the night. Yeah, yes, and call us up, grab we'll a beer, yeah, we'll do, go yeah, hike, we'll do. go on a waterfall hike. We'll show you the cool hidden waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll please do. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> I'm all about chasing the waterfalls. All right, um, all right. So, so tell me what record you chose to revisit for this episode. Um, London Calling by The Clash. Uh, we, are, we are actually doing that for <laughs> our first, I might as well just uh, announce it. So we're doing that for our very first live stream event on May 18th. Cool. So we are going to be really? doing London Calling uh. with our buddy Ira Elliott, the drummer from Not A Surf. it's gonna be a lot of fun if you've ever heard any of the episodes with ira you know that he is an absolute (laughs) blast so it's gonna be a good time so i'm announcing it right there uh if you join our patreon uh you will have i will be providing the link to that live stream event and come hang out and you can join our patreon for as low as three dollars a month so there you go all right there you go but we're not doing London not Calling doing for this London one, calling. so tell me what record. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill by the Miss Lauren Hill. Excellent. And and have you looked at Spotify and what it says about Lauren Hill? What no, Spotify what says about Lauren Hill? It, ac- it actually does say Miss Lauren Hill. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Of yeah, I think that must be in her writer or something. It's pretty clear. It's pretty consistent. So was this an album that you all agreed on that this is this is the one we want to talk about? Yeah, you know, it was one of the few. We had kind of a list and this was kind of, this was one that really all three of us had deep 
emotional and sort of early identity connection to. We have a lot of concentric parts of concentric circles, but like two of us would sort of be on board about a record or, you know, and it missed the third person. So, um, yeah, I think we were all kind of surprised that this, this was the one that, you know, spanning our, we have an age difference of, of five years um that kind of hit us all generally generationally mm-hmm. yeah i made a misogynistic comment the last time we recorded where it was like um no dudes are ever going to pick lauren hill's <laughs> record as their record choice and then wayne yesterday i got an email from uh, mark sebelia's pr uh person and and uh, she said, Mark either wants to talk about Lauren Hill or Paul Simon's Graceland. <laughs> so I'm like, That's well, awesome. we're, we're getting ready to record a Lauren Hill. So if he can be ready tomorrow, he can yeah, join us. Come on. Or, oh, yep, he was, he just, he just had a new baby. So it wasn't going to happen <laughs> yeah, on one day's notice. But, um, I, I will definitely be asking Mark his his opinions yes. on, on on this album. See, so. it's mm-hmm. transcendent. Mm-hmm. I know. I ta- there's I some girls back. just like back. there's some guys. That's it. That's <laughs> it. All right. Uh, let's get some some bio info on this this record. So, um, debut solo album from Lauren Hill, who of course was a member of the Fugees, was released in August of 1998. Um, you all know what the album's title was inspired from yeah uh, two things there's miseducation of the negroes uh, a book and sort of a treatise but then there's the the movie education of sunny uh, carson. carson yeah 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 and which yep. has been a big like hip-hop sort of like people reference. it yeah reference it i didn't i haven't seen it have y'all seen it i have not seen it Movie night. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. The album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. At the 41st Annual Grammy Awards, she was nominated 10 times. She won five of those awards. So uh, she was the first woman to receive that many nominations and awards in in one night. And you would think that because of that, that... Uh, she would make lots of records after that, right? No, no. Once you've made perfection, you just stop. Do you think that's what it is? I I watched an interview with her, and she was kind of outlining her her thesis in a way, or like sort of her her guidelines to her own creative process and it just seemed really impossible you know (laughs) just really steep like I I don't want to put anything out unless I feel like it's urgent and no one can rush me and um and it's got to be my truth and it's got to be you know all of these divinely inspired yeah which you know sometimes you feel I feel like there's divine inspiration retrospectively but that's a that's a tall order. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, for sure. I mean, you know, there was a lot of drama from this record as well. I mean, this record came from a lot of drama and then inspired a lot more of it. And um, 
you know, she was trying to have a, a, a family. I mean, she had a bunch of kids right out of the bat and was really trying to, I think, explore that that new life after being on the road for so long. And I, I still wouldn't be surprised if we see something from her, you know, mm-hmm. later later in life. Um, but There's probably yeah. some perks of staying out of the limelight. But. Yeah, I mean, and this record is a lot about that, just how mm-hmm. how damaging the industry can be. And, um, you know, there's a lot of pain from that. And so... Yeah, and and how many of the critics are going to go? Well, it's not as good as yeah, the first one. Right, right. It's a lot to live up to. Yeah, it really does. Really is. Really is. Um, all right. So I, at the Grammys, so she won, and I'll talk about some of the some of the Grammys as we go through. But uh, she won Best R and B Album. Um, she won Album of the Year. She won New Artist, which. I always have a problem with the new artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like new, been around the block. Yeah, come on. Like, you were in the Fugees. So, <laughs> you know. Here were the nominees. Let, let's, let's see if any of you think, okay, well, this is, this is not as good as some of the other ones. So here were the other nominees for Album of the Year. Come on over. Wayne, your crush. Shania. The Globe Sessions, Sheryl Crow, Ray of Life from Madonna, and Version 2.0 from Garbage. Mm-hmm, oh, wow. Oh, I forgot. These are the other nominees. Garbage. Female kick ass this year was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dominated by females. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. All right. What else do we want to talk about? Oh. So we talk a lot about the Rolling Stone magazine's top 500 greatest albums of all time. The 2012 version of this had this album at number 314. The 2020 version, you guys, if you guys remember what I said on this, mm-hmm. it's now the number 10 record. I see the pain the on t- Wayne's face. It's not pain. <laughs> it's just that that. It that list felt uh, like it was. It was a huge correction. It, yeah, it was a huge cultural correction, maybe. But I don't know that this is the tenth mm-hmm. best album. But people call it a, the. And I, I bought it when it came out. Um, I bought the Fuji's record when it came out, and I. But I still thought it was. I didn't know. If, I didn't know how it measured up against the greatest albums of the world. But there's really when you listen to it, I like the. I like the beginning, the, you know, the intro and those uh, those classroom pieces at the end of the songs. I think that pulls it all together as a concept. But the songs stand stand alone by themselves, and they're not. Even if you cut that out, it would still be a collection of really, really, really good songs. And so I don't know if it's ten, but it's it definitely belongs on the list, high up. Yeah. Yeah, it so it's now above Revolver, which is now number eleven. It was number three on the twenty twelve list. Oh wow! It's above Thriller. Yeah. It's above London I Calling. Never loved, it is above London Calling. <laughs> London Calling was number eight. It's now number sixteen. Yeah. Which 
I'm pretty sure that I went on a clash diatribe the last time that we recorded. <laughs> That's what I so, remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, no, this is not better than the clash. Come on. I, I, I found I found those two records almost at the same time. I yeah, think. that actually, yeah, it was. A, I listened to them both probably nearly as much, but I got to say, miseducation has come back, has looped back around for me anyway, more more so than... I don't know. And I, I consumed the lyrics. The lyrics to me were so much more nece- necessary for me than Clash. Yeah, we'll see how it stands up after COVID when everybody's extra self-reflective. You know? Right, right. All right, um, you guys ready to dive into this? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, as a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? 16. Which means our top song is going to get 16 points. Next favorite, 15 on down to lowest score of one. And we'll kick this off with intro. And uh, we've discussed a number of 90s CDs. Um, uh, Yeah. (laughs) How, How many of these 90s records have these... Little interludes included, stupid skits. You know, you got the school bell ringing to start this off. I get the whole concept record thing because we're going to talk about how, you know, there's there's sound bites of, you know, teacher talking to his class. Do you guys like the concept? Amelia loves the concept. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Well, it's how I sort of chose to score this because I was so overwhelmed by the prospect of of sort of parsing out it's one of you know it's one of the the first albums um as a kid that I just listened to the whole damn thing with with the lyric sheet out you know on my Walkman and um and so just the choice of the the choices made um for the purpose of, of structure and sort of zooming it out. I feel like this whole record is so brilliant at being at once super personal and introspective and then very universal and broad and about these very large structural, spiritual things. And I, I think that, um, so for me, the, the little Ross Baraka clips, um, the title, but then also the track order um, just sort of elevated it for me to sort of, yeah, just like a next level record, which would already have been, like you said, Wing, you know, an amazing collection of songs. But um, I thought that that brought it to another level of, I mean, it, it clarified some of the songs for me too, sort of, um, that dynamic between being at once self-deprecating and almost like, you know, looking at the child in herself and the decisions that she made, but then also, you know, uh, sort of speaking to the wisdom that she had gained as such a young person and still was hoping to gain, um, you know, just living so fast through her experience with the Fugees and whatever else. So anyway, 
And I, I, like it. I don't really know how it was recorded to, but I mean, the, the sound bites feel really real. And like, you, they're, they're truly trying to get some like honest perspectives from the kids. And just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's truly sweet. And earnest, and earnest. Yeah. And that's, I think for, for us, if I can speak for all three of us, we're all teachers. And so that world of kind of hearing that wisdom through, you know, that pre-adolescent perspective is just so, um, yeah, it's, for me, it always hits in a way where I'm just like, yeah, you summed it up in the simplest and most perfect way of like, what is love? You know, like hearing a little 12-year-old like, about that. It's just like, mm-hmm, yep, we know that feeling. And you don't know shit. And, and you know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing like a eighth grader to like, you know, embody this bravado of knowing everything Mm -hmm. there is to know about a topic like love. And I thought the fact that they, it was all the references are, you know, is always about love, which was interesting as the, you think of miseducation, um, math and science and history, but it really felt like because they stayed true to that, that it was, it was themes of love is where she was miseducated on what love meant and what love was supposed to be. And I mean, that's definitely in the songs. Um, but I, I liked it uh, because I, and one of the things I thought was interesting is everybody always either has those skits stand alone or puts them at the beginning and she put them at the end, which I potato patata, it doesn't, but it is, it's different. It's unconventional. Um, but I liked that it was, it, I guess the only thing that I thought they could have been more consistent because some songs don't have it. Um, but mm-hmm. I thought overall, I, I, I think that that's one of the parts that made it one of the top, you know, one of the best albums of all time is, mm-hmm. is yes, great. You could have had a collection of 15 of really, really good songs, but you, you added this extra element and that is, that's what makes it special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So scores for intro. Um, we're all at one except for somebody. <laughs> Amelia? What is yeah, it? I think you already explained yourself, but yeah, tell us yeah, what your score is. Yeah, it was 15. That was, a, that was Amelia's nice way, Wayne, of uh, her, her soliloquy about the concept record. That was her nice way of saying her scoring system sucks. And I, I absolutely get that because I gave it a one because it, it could be taken out. Sure. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't think it's bad. I don't, I thought they did a good job of the whole thing. Uh, and I liked it. It was interesting and it made the whole thing seem bigger and more special. But if it was removed, it still would have been a, a, a good album, a great album and a fun album to listen to. Yeah. All right. So next song is Lost Ones. She was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Rap Solo Performance for this. Um, she didn't win. Um, here were the other nominees. Let's see if you guys remember this. I think I do. Uh, Buster Rhymes, Dangerous. Wycliffe Jean, Gone Till November. Will Smith, Getting Jiggy With It. 
Mm. Or I guess I didn't say it right. It's getting, getting jiggy, jiggy with, with it. it. With it. Jay Z's hard luck, hard knock life, Jeez. the ghetto anthem, and then this song, lost one. So what one? Getting jiggy. jiggy with it. It was getting jiggy with it. <laughs> All right. Na, 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 na. I'm gonna kick this back over to Amelia because I have the benefit of seeing scores in advance. <laughs> so, so tell me why, why this is your top song? Ugh, I just think it's one of the most badass starts of a record ever. Um, partially because she's, you know, everybody knew her from the Fugees, right? She's um, an amazing lyricist. People know her, you know, Killing Me Softly, I guess, was a huge hit, but... Um, but that wasn't her song. Yeah, no, and 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 um, I just meant, at, like, sort of as a rapper. Knew her face, her, yeah. Versus, yeah. Versus yeah. her voice. Uh, as a voice. Um, but anyway, I feel like she just comes out and, and with this kind of Fuji's-esque... Ferocity. Yeah, and it's just... Mm-hmm lyrically so powerful and um and but it also for me in the sort of how I was sort of thinking about the structure of all this is this like almost like you know eighth grade s squat swagger of like oh you want to play this game I can kick your ass at this game you know and then Mm -hmm. and then you know, the subsequent tracks are like, whoa, but then, you know, brings it way inward and is way vulnerable. Way way. vulnerable. And so I just think like coming out of the gate like that was such a bold and um, badass move. Yeah. It makes you listen. I love, and I just, the lyrics. Yeah. That bass beat that starts it out is just like, oh, feels so good. (laughs) So. I, I I'm going to just go on record that um, this wasn't one of my favorite songs. In fact, this is my two. But wow. after listening to you guys talk about <laughs> this song, you know, when we recorded previously, and me listening to it again with with different ears, I wanted to change my scoring. If hey. I change my scoring, this would be my eleven. Like I tried to wow. like do wow. uh, updated scoring. That's a Rolling YouTube. Stones update right there. It really yeah. is, but I but I but I stay true. I stay true to my original score. So <laughs> you can make fun of me on a couple of my scores because I looked at those and I'm like, man, my score sucks. I got a bunch of. Those. I feel the same. The problem okay. with rescoring is that then you have to make something else a two, and that's really hard. Mm. Right. Well, there's a couple that, <laughs> that you've come around to. Um, yeah. So it's, it's yeah. So I feel bad about my score. So let's let me let's go through the scores. So um, Rosie, your score nine. Amelia, you already said. Tell us again. Fifteen. 16. No, you're sixteen. Yeah. This is sixteen. Yeah. All right, Rachel. Eleven. Wayne. Eight. And Solid. and I'll tell Shannon scores as well. So this was a four for Shannon, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if she's going to rethink that mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> well. I'll find out. All right, next song is X Factor. Okay. 
And I'm just going to throw this over to Wayne because, again, I have the benefit of seeing scores. So tell me why you like X Factor. Uh, it's it's such a contrast from the first one. She comes out with this really fierce rap song where she really, I mean, she goes at it with the best of them. And then she just goes into this this very soulful and genuine song about, um, you know, love. And it and this uh, and she works in reciprocity. Who uh, who gets that in a song? I, that's you stole my thunder. Also, I said I said that he last said that recording. Exact line. <laughs> reciprocity. Wayne and I spend way too much time together. <laughs> but that's a couple of the little things. Like there's those birds chirping uh-huh. in the background. Mm-hmm. But if you listen mm-hmm. to that maraca, it sounds like a rattlesnake, which is a great. Ooh. I mean, when you list, when you read the lyrics. Yeah of about this that makes total sense i mean and just some of the the one line where she says because no one will uh, no one loves you what is let me just read it see no one loves you more than me and no one ever will then later on um no one hurts you because no one hurts me more than you and and no one ever will so i mean she's and and i guess the line that to me is the most powerful of, of the song is the uh you let go and i'll let go too like this has reached the end and it's bad for us both. And if you, if you let go, I'll let go too. And everything, it's going to be okay. But there's all of these cool things in this song that uh, I just, I, I could say, I just, I could say that those birds chirping in that Morocco with the rattlesnake. I was like, I know that's on purpose. That is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, like that. Well you the mm-hmm. organ's really hip in this one too, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. It's a lot of like screechy. Yeah. Organ. This was the second single off the record. It peaked at number twenty-one on the Hot 100. Peaked at number seven on the R&B charts. I will say this: why my why I'm giving this a five is the yo yo yos in the back. Oh, that's right. Re- I really hated it. Mm. I really, I, if you would have taken that out, this probably would have been one of my top scores. Wow! Because I because re- I really love the lyrics of of this. I really like the flow of it. I just hated the yo yos. So. And we talked about that in the last interview. And to me, it's the having somebody else on stage with you as like your hype person is such yeah. an important part of hip hop. And so, yeah, I think there is that almost vulnerability that I love about this song that she has to be her own hype woman. Um, but it right. is, yeah, it's it's a a trope that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Yep. All right, scores. Uh, Wayne, what do you got on this one? Well, and all that said, and then then you add an electric guitar at the end. That that I, it's a fifteen. This is my second favorite song. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rachel. Um, it's my thirteen. Amelia. Thirteen. Rosie. Twelve. All right, and this was Shannon's three. Oh, that surprises me, actually. Lowest, yeah. lowest. Well, I remember her saying, I don't like my score for this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. such a like melody vocal yeah. forward. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. All right, next song is To Zion. Look at your career, they say. Lauren, baby, use your head. But instead I chose to use my heart Now the joy of my world is in Zion 
and this includes Carlos Santana. Uh, longest track on the record at six minutes and nine seconds. Because of the... Because it does have a skit at the end of it. Yeah, it also um, has a little so bit yeah, too marching get... band stuff <laughs> at the end. Um, they could have... And marching band <laughs> stuff. There are a couple of songs that feel like she could have she could have easily cut this under mm-hmm. an hour if she'd have just got, just got to the end quicker. Let, cut off some stuff. Yeah. Uh, who wants to talk about to Zion? Yeah. Oh, I, I was I can say I think when you hear Carlos Santana, you, you're thinking of that elect that signature electric guitar sound, and to use an acoustic Latin, uh, it gives it this whole different feel. Like it's especially with that that marching band snare that's going on, it just gives the whole thing a, a just this really softer vibe but it's also a really sweet song like i was only an only child for a very short period of time but i'd like to believe that my mother felt the same way (laughs) about me like there's this very there's extreme this is an extremely sweet song Mm. Eh, you don't know my mother (laughs) i was a middle child yeah it was never as i am but it's while being sweet it's it's brutally honest like it reminded me a little bit of little greenie by joni Mm -hmm. mitchell when she has that section about where she was encouraged to have an abortion because her career was it was just you know taking off Mm -hmm. and it was huge and to so there's a lot in so it's the thing she does also in this this one's much more personal all the way through but a lot of these songs she's personal and big picture in the same song Mm -hmm. this one is pretty pretty much just her and her and her firstborn son but it's a sweet song I, i feel bad for my score but it just there were some it did take a while to end it and when it gets into the marching thing at the end. And her son is named Zion. I guess we haven't mm-hmm. mentioned that. But so. I think, I, I would argue, though, that it is it is a one of the first part points in the album where it gets obviously ultra-personal, but then it, you know, zooms out to this feeling of being divinely inspired and, like, this is way bigger than you, and um, which is definitely a theme of both this record but I think of you know her whole life as an artist and um and I think it affected people hugely I mean I've heard uh, you know other female artists talk about this as a as a real moment um you know coming from 90s pop where a lot of pregnant women were you know that you'd hide hide your pregnancy if you had to shoot videos or whatever um talks about that in her in her autobiography yeah and it it was something that was just so outside of the industry and seen as a career killer and you know now we have beyonce and cardi b and with baby like you know rocking these baby bumps up until you know, baby drops on stage or, you know, like incorporating (laughs) it in their image and their story in this extremely transparent way. And I, I, I have to think that this song and the, and the fact that she was, you know, she was recording some of these songs eight months pregnant, you know, and that was a huge part of the story. Um, I think that that made a, an impact on the whole industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And she talks about in interviews too that she had really been going through like a slump in writing. And then 
in this time of being pregnant, her creativity just blossomed. And I think that we kind of felt that a little bit too. Amelia's first, the first song that we wrote as a band was about, Amelia brought the idea to the band. It was meeting her kid for the first time. And that's our, was our first single also, which has a different vibe definitely, but it has some (laughs) similar elements of just being like, what is this incredible thing that just dropped in my lap that I thought I should know and is from another place that's bigger than me? And that doesn't sound like that was written in a bag. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And what do I know? That, that was the first song that we ever wrote because we were like, well, we're just going to be a cover band. This is super fun. And, you know, what are we going to write about? And, um, and, you know, start wrote the beginnings of that song in a bathtub, and then we, at that time, y'all didn't have a bathtub, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so we were coming over to your house for a bath. Yeah, like, all right, <laughs> get your ass in the bathroom, and you're not coming out until you've you have a hook or something. And so, that was like our little accountability palace. Was that? That's great. Bath. Love it. All right, uh, Wayne, what do you got for a score on to Zion? A seven. Rachel? I have a 12. Amelia? 12 also. Rosie? 13. All right. This was Mm -hmm. Shannon's five. And this is another one where I hate my score. So this is my four. (laughs) All right. Um, You love this album. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Next song is uh, Doo Wop, That Thing. Mm -hmm. Yeehaw. To the man, all concerned with his rims and his hymns and his women. Him and his man come in the club like hooligans. Don't care who they offend, pop and yang. You got yeah. Let's stop pretend. The one to pack pissed out by the waistman, Christopher. And I, I really didn't want this to be one of my higher scores, but it's so good. It's so iconic. It's so good. This was her first and only number one song. It actually debuted at number one on the Hot 100. Dang. That was only the 10th song in the charts history to do so wow so mm-hmm. yeah pretty pretty impressive yeah. um single version is three minutes and 51 seconds album version is five minutes and 20 why because there's another skit the kiddos the learning about love yeah all right so wayne what what do you got on doo-wop i i like how she uh she calls out everybody and uh at by the end as puts everybody in their place uh, and just so smoothly that you, that you don't even really like you don't even you look back and you're like did she just call out fake nails and weaves and tell these girls to stop sleeping with these hooligans at the club and then guys caring more about your rims and your timberlands and she's like i was like take care of your it just happens kids. so smooth sleeping in your mom's yeah basement. you're living in your mom's basement yeah <laughs> <laughs> she just she just puts everybody in their place and it happens so smoothly that you just don't even realize it till it's over with like i was just dissed <laughs> what? Yeah. you're too busy laughing at the other person's diss to realize the one coming at you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No. Uh, the song won a couple Grammys for her, so best female R&B vocal performance and then best R&B song. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this contributed to her 
five Grammy awards and deservedly so because it's hot. It's iconic. It's Mm -hmm. it's iconic. Anything else on uh, doo-wop? It's a fun music video. If y'all haven't seen it, it's uh, a, she does like two different screens simultaneously and one sort of like old timey and one's present day 98. Um, And she's got, you know, like, I don't even know what that time it's supposed to be. Or I think it actually says, I want to say it's the sixties, but it's It's sixties. Yeah. Sixties. And so, and the audience, you know, the people in the crowd are also all dressed up and dancing in sixties style versus the nineties style. So it's just a fun sort of snapshot of like, what is a nineties street performance look like to, um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's really And a good nod to like how things have don't, change and haven't changed change and still, at least still have it in 2021 of like mm-hmm. you know people who identify as male and female and heterosexual yeah. relationships or whatever you know but. and and you talked about the video so this was this won the music mtv music award video oh, for cool. um for video of the year That's so awesome. she was the first hip-hop performer to win that particular wow. huh, i didn't so. know that all right, um, scores. Let's see. This was my 14. This was Shannon's 8. Rosie? 15. This is one I listen to on repeating. Eight Amelia? <laughs> uh, 9 for me. See, this is where she... Yeah. So this this is your 9, but the intro gets a 15. Okay, all right. She's just being difficult. I'm I know. firstborn... Asshole, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's what happened. She could see all of our. Sc- she waited until Rosie and I scored, and then was like, "I'm just gonna uh, even it out. <laughs> I'm gonna try and balance it." No, I'm telling you, 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 you know my philosophy. But I also think I, yeah, I think it's more contrarian in the sense that like it's it was such a big hit. It was everywhere. It's clearly yeah. iconic. You know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I get it. I wasn't going to put it as my 16 because I was like, no, everyone knows this song. I don't need to give it any more light. And then I just listened to it again and was like, oh, no, it's the best. It's the I, best I know. I was I was scoring a record that we're going to talk about. I'm not going to, since Wayne is here, I'm not going to give it away. Give it away. <laughs> there's, a, there's an iconic song that, that is coming up that we're going to talk about. And I scored it really low because I'm just sick of it. <laughs> so, and I'm going to, I know I'm going to get some flack about it, but I don't care. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rachel, what was your score on this 16. one? 16. And Wayne? 11. Okay. All right. Next song, Superstar. Everything you drop is so Stupid star. <laughs> All right. The so my notes just say holy crap the lyrics on this song yeah. are complete mm-hmm. genius. Mm-hmm. Um fun fact at the twenty four second mark. Uh, she samples the doors light my fire. Mm-hmm. Come on, baby. 
This is probably a good explanation of why she maybe hasn't come back <laughs> for a while. Um, what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, just, just superstar lifestyle. Superstar lifestyle is oh. as glamorous as, <laughs> yeah. as it may sound. A little well, yeah, and all the, like, this is, this is the one where um, she's talking about, there's like the, the line of, Oh no no no! I'm thinking yeah, G- the, yeah. Jesus Christ was super su- a superstar. You stupid star. Stupid star. That's yeah, why yeah. I said stupid <laughs> star. <laughs> <laughs> <I got it>. <laughs> <laughs> it was a reference. Rachel's not a stupid star. <laughs> yeah, and I've got I've got I've got that whole verse you know highlighted because after that they'll hell you when they'll nail you no matter who you are they'll make you now then take you down and make you face mm-hmm. it if you slit the bag open and put your pinky in it then taste it mm-hmm. yeah so I mean, good so <laughs> and so perfect for this good. easter weekend yeah absolutely <laughs> we're recording this day before easter sunday so there you go just a little wow. Jesus on the cross reference to take Absolutely. us on into Sunday. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, anyone wanna, else want to? Go ahead. I feel like it's super Stevie Wonder, maybe just because of the harpsichord, but I just, I, I feel like it's got that like, that super Stevie vibe. And Oh, I think, I think um, every ghetto, every city, that song has the Stevie sure, vibes yeah. to me. Yeah. Superstar. What I love, we haven't talked about this yet. And I think this is present in, in, other the earlier songs too is this um almost like mantra hook like a lot of hooks from the 90s are are more dynamic and hers are almost more just like you get them stuck in your head like they're almost like processionals or something like marching 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 zion marching 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 and this one the come on baby light my fire everything you drop yeah this is more sly stone yeah. to me mm. You're right, Rachel, I, was thinking, I was thinking about every ghetto yeah <laughs> derp, derp. G-dink, g-dink, g-dink. i had him twisted wayne are you listening to this in your headphones because i see your head bobbing <laughs> i'm just thinking about it i love this song. i can say i think there's a two two my favorite line besides everything you drop is so tired is such a that is like a world-class slight like this is one of the songs where I feel like she's talking to, at times, somebody specific, but at the same time, a, a bigger picture of um, mm-hmm. anybody who makes art or anybody who makes music with that's just to to sell records, uh, just to make money and not putting you know your heart and soul into it. And then, but my favorite line is from that because that rap breakdown towards the end is as good as anybody has ever done. Agreed. But the line is, if, you, if, your rounds, if your rhymes sound like mine, I'm taking a percentage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Scores. Uh, Rosie, what do you got? Uh, 11. All right. Amelia? 7. Rachel? 9. Wayne? I thought she matched the ferocity of uh, Lost Ones. I gave it a 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And this is my 12, and this was also Shannon's 12. Hmm. All right. Final hours next. Yeah. 
focus from the richest to the broken. I wrote this most opus to be versed in hypnosis. No, whoever closest to the line, go win it. You both fall trying to Do you guys mind if I read um, what I found on the interwebs? Please. So I found a really good article on this. So, um, so somebody had written something for an uh, for their school essay, mm. and so they used Lauren Hill as you know a literature, um, and they wrote just about final hour. So. It says, on final hour, the seventh track from the miseducation. Oh, I got to give credit. It's uh, Alan Claren. And it was published um, May of last year. On final hour, the seventh track from the miseducation, she makes clear what her priorities are, despite her status as a world-famous entertainer. In the chorus, she raps, you can get the money, you can get the power, but keep your eyes on the final hour. With the final hour representing religious salvation, she even raps later in the record, I'm making sure I'm with the 144. The 144 is a reference to the book of Revelations, where 144,000 people are chosen specifically by God and called on as agents. Hence why she denounced the dressing, a symbolism for opulence, because the cost is her spirituality and beliefs. Being Lauren Hill, of course, who was at one time one of the world's most popular entertainers, there may not have been an option to continue her music career without the politics, corruption, and possible harassments. And there's Harvey Weinstein's in the music industry too, people. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring that back because I know we talked about um, why hasn't she made a second record? Well, this probably has a, she's she's probably being prophetic here, you know, to use more religious terms. She's probably being prophetic here that it's like no i'm i'm gonna make my statement and mic drop mm-hmm. i don't know I, we we all may be reading way too much in this and she's gonna drop an album next week and we're all gonna we like, hope we can only crazy. hope Let's, well that yeah. when she when she did that little bad at prison time she did a she dropped a song that was released the day she got out and it was have you guys ever heard it the MTV Unplugged what? song? No, no, no. This is way after. This is after she went. She Seven, did some time for ten. tax evasion. And right, it's right, right. Like, it's like this this crazy list of like all of the world's isms, you know. Okay. And um, I have heard that. It's you know again. It's just like this teardown of like where we are and um, in this. Uh, kind of like frantic um i mean you you can't even really follow the lyrics it's just like this barrage of like and i to my knowledge that's the one of the only things that she's released uh she had another one i um let me see if i can find it is it i've got no that's not it i was gonna say i've got life but that's that's nina simone Record. I've got a lot. No, this consumerism. It, consumerism. consumerism. Yeah. Consumerism. Yep. And um, I think I mean I think I found it on SoundCloud. I don't think it was released on. Like, it's or, on Spotify. It is on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, and her MTV Unplugged in 2002 is on Spotify, and that has some songs that are not. The other, they're all songs that are not on um, Miseducation. Um, I love, and Did I think she might have when it came out. 
did you? I don't remember, but I, I remembered I got to find peace of mind. So I'd heard that one before. And I think I also remember reading somewhere that she did that. She did, she recorded that with strep throat and you can hear it in her oh. voice. It just sounds so like. Heavy. I heard well, people people talked about that when it came out that it was like you know she was so tortured and like but I don't but I I I read somewhere that she had been recording the night before I like this this was still a, there I think there was still a, a big there were a couple of years there where she was fully planning on dropping another album still touring mm-hmm. um, and was just kind of airing it out and giving it time and but didn't yeah all right um anything lyrically wayne anything here no everything rhymes but it just it lacked some of the the punch that like lost ones and the last track had but she she rhymes everything (laughs) (laughs) street street ballads and toss salads i mean not all it's some are stronger than others but man I just love how the the flow though, like now I'm gonna get the mozzarella uh, like a Rockefeller, still be in the church of Lollabella, like that. It, it's more than rhyme, like it's the with a cadence of it that's really art artful. I think in this one, that's like she doesn't have time for in the in lost ones. You know, this is this is a little bit more. It's not a single. It's a it's a it's, a it's an art piece. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that. You know, I I think I've said before, like I would love to read a footnoted um, lyric book of this of, of this album because I think it's just so layered, and I love how this song it it's kind of structured to me the way that the whole album is structured, where it just like comes out blazing, like you know sort of repping and like, but then it goes, it's like, but you know, we haven't figured this out. Nobody's figured this out, you know, and it like lands in this very sort of introspective self-deprecating yeah. place. And I think that's she, she needs to do her own podcast. That's like song exploder, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and just lyrics every episode. Yeah. Every episode is one is, is one song and you're going to dissect it and tell us how it was made and what this lyric means. What, what, yeah, yeah. great. It makes me think of their uh, Chance the Rapper single just came out, and I don't think he put it on Spotify. And it's also kind of a thesis song, and it's not gonna get, you know, it's not the smash hit that like all of Coloring Books book was, but it's like still just this piece of art that's so lyrically rich and dense, and you know, you can explore it for a long time. And the video that he did with it is just sound bubbles as he's like laying on a couch and then eating popcorn in front of a music, like, and it's just that just, and it's really kind of a way of saying like, read the lyrics, listen. Yeah. This is a heart in the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the heart in the tongue. (laughs) Yep. All right. Scores. Wayne, what do you got? Uh, nine. All right. Rachel. I only gave it a four. Amelia. Ten. Rosie? I also wish I scored this higher. I gave it a five. Okay. This was my seven, and this was Shannon's 11. Mm-hmm. All right. Next song is When It Hurts So Bad. Why does it feel so good? What you need might pass you by. If you don't care. 
somebody's going to have to ex- go and explain this one or talk about this one because it doesn't really do much for me. It's one of my least favorites. This doesn't speak to your love life, Ben? <laughs> Not really. Not no. in the present moment? No. Um, no I'm, I gotta let Wayne, like Wayne, how about you? Does it speak to your love? You know, X Factor really not did, but moment. oh, Wayne, no. <laughs> not you either. Okay. No, not currently. I mean, she has a beautiful voice, but it really, on this one, that's all, that's, that's all this song. That's the main part of this song. Um, and then... I guess this could just be me, but I hate that uh, sitcom uh, flashback sound effect that they keep doing. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that's very 90s. That could have been pulled out. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. I, I kind of like how where this is this comes, though, like being after final hour and kind of like talking about like resisting being misguided and then and then relating it to love in a, in a way and like. Be, like talking about how she was misguided by this, like these big feels, and um, I, I think it just makes sense to me in the flow of the album. Hmm. And I, yeah. it is a nice song. I like listening to it. <laughs> All right. Well, what's your score, Rosie? Oh, but I gave it a four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Amelia. Um, I gave it a three, but I have to say the harp. And beat the beat with the harp and the guitar, I think, is really sick in this song. I really like it, that yeah. element of it. I think there's just like so much musical genius on this record that we haven't really talked about that much, but I, I think this is a song where that the musicality really work, works, yeah. 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 With Rachel, what was your score? I gave it a six. All right, Wayne, a four. All right. This was Shannon Seven. All right, next song. I used to love him, and that's with Miss uh, Mary J. Blige. More yo-yos and uh-uh. <laughs> God, um, where were you in the 90s? I know. It just <laughs> wasn't. All about the yo-yos. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Wasn't, wasn't my thing. <laughs> um, here, so here, I know that we talked about this the last time. I think um, Shannon may have brought this up, or one of you all brought this up, but Lauren and Mary's voices are very similar. Yeah, they're very complimentary. I didn't realize that it was a. I didn't realize it was a duet until I looked until this project. I was like, oh, that is a different what? person. Yeah. Right. Right. So I know everybody says how great you know Mary is. You know she's, uh, I guess would be considered one of the queens of R and B over the last you know twenty twenty five years. Um, Lauren can hold her own. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. Um, I wish Shannon was here. In fact, this is probably a good good time to put in a sound clip from Shannon because Shannon scored this a 15. This actually scored really high for me. Uh, I gave this an 11. And 
after listening to it again today, I was like, that might have been too high. Um, I still love it, but it may have been a little high. Um, maybe I was no. Backing vocals are dope. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wayne, what do you? This uh, didn't track very high for you. Lyrically, she got a little cliche, especially early on, which is not like this. Is not like her on this record. I mean, you know, there's the ocean in the sand and stole my heart like a thief in the night. Their passion and pain, addicted to love like a f- drug. Uh, yeah, there's just a ton of less than. Drug like, of a fiend. She'd really been killing it, and this one got a little bit. Cliche. Phoned in. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Mary J. Blige, like I say, she does. Ha- I had to listen to it, like specifically trying to pick out. They have very similar voices, very but nice. she wasn't yeah. enough to putting her name on it. Is is. Mostly what that seemed like. Maybe. I don't think it was necessary. But I think it's also like, it's also such a, a nod to her dynasty up until that point. I mean, like, um, what's the right, her first record? What's the 411? I mean, like, the, the, like, Mary, I feel like Mary J kind of had on lock this, like, introspective but powerful r&b performer thing that like that lauren also did with a lot of other stuff you know and i i i feel like it was a cool nod to her to have her be a part of this project and i think it comes in a cool part of the record where it's like you know where my girl's at kind of <laughs> point where it's, you know, it's, it's just another moment that we haven't, uh, an element of, of like lost love that we haven't experienced yet mm-hmm. in this record. We get to see so many sides of that. And then, but like, you know, two women singing together about it, I think was also kind of a magical moment in the, in the record, even though it's not my, you know, my favorite track on it, but yeah. What what is your score, Amelia? Um, what is it? Oh, four. Yeah. All right, Wayne. What was your score? Uh, three. Rachel. Eight. Rosie. Seven. And this is my eleven. And like I said, this was Shannon's fifteen. Mm-hmm. All right, forgive them, Father. Comes next. Be careful of those who pretend to be brothers, and you never suppose it's those who are closest to you. They say all the right things to gain their position. They use your kindness as their I think I think I had the highest score on this one. This, I gave this up my. 15. Oh yeah, yeah. You made me want to score yeah, I love this, this higher. Song. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of gushed on it the last time we we chat. I just love the groove. I love the lyrics. It's a perfect mix of the R and B components with the rapping portion of it. Um, I just think that the, the 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 lyrics on this are just they're great. Yeah, 
I mean, the lyrics of beware the false motives of others, be careful of those who pretend to be brothers. You never, and you never suppose it's those who are closest to you, to you. Do you think that that was directed at somebody? This whole album is directed to somebody. Come on. Yeah, like I say, I've mentioned it before. That's my fate. One of my favorite things she does is she makes it seem about her and another person. And then as the song goes on, it's this bigger like racial yes. betrayal. It's, yes. it's, 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 it, 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 so it takes on this bigger, you know, bonus. And then she, and then towards the end, she brings it back down to on a personal level about how, you know, somebody's wronging her or betrayed her. Yep. Uh, and that, like I say, all with this super cool groove behind it. So yeah, this was my 14. I, I, just, I love the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to look up, um, Soweto. Oh, the Soweto. Much the like yeah. Soweto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, that's in South Africa. Mm-hmm. It's part of the yeah. city of Johannesburg. Yep. So. And she's also doing uh, speaking in patois, like shouting out the yep. um, language in that in Jamaica. Just hanging out. Yeah. It's just it's it's just so good. Um, when she she did a comeback to her and played it in Newark, that they she actually projected like police brutality over the years throughout. Mm-hmm. During the song, um, yeah, I guess white people. Yeah, she could totally update it for the last two mm-hmm. years as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we haven't evolved, have we? Yeah, I wish we could say things have changed since 1998, but no. no. All right, uh, this is my 15. This was Shannon's 14. Rosie, your score? Uh, 10. Amelia? Six, and I don't know why, but whatever. <laughs> I, I can tell you why, because you gave an intro 15. <laughs> You're a knuckle. <laughs> uh, Rachel? Ten, also. And Wayne? Uh, Fourteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, next song, Every Ghetto, Every City. Uh-huh. Remember, Freeland Heisen used to have the bomb leather Back when Doug Fresh and Slick Rick was together Looking at the crew, we thought we'd all live forever yeah. You know it's hot, you don't forget what you got Looking back, looking back, looking back, looking back You know it's hot, don't forget what you got Looking back Yes, now this is the Stevie Wonder groove that just starts out like, mm-mm-hmm, all right, feeling good. This was on like a feeling good mix for me for a long time. Wayne, they made me feel bad the last time we recorded because I was like, um, and when she does the looking back, that's like the welcome back Cotter riff, and they had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, that's, I didn't, it's funny as that you had said that because this the musically, this has a very uh, feels kind of like the Jeffersons and the theme song to Good Times at the same time. She really <laughs> captures this. She really takes yeah. you back. I mean, yeah. I think musically, she puts you back into that, mm-hmm. into her youth. And then she goes through all of these very specific things, which it can't be easy to to when you're dealing with specific names and specific things. And you're able she's able to put them in in this this thing flows like butter. It's this is my favorite song on this record. Yeah, favorite song on this record. 
I love it. Um, I just love all these memories that she brings up. Um, and, the, you know, the streets that nurtured Lauren Hill. I mean, that's really, in a way, what this whole record is about, is is where she comes from and where she's going and what she's done. And uh, like I say, this was some of the best part. This was, to me, the best part of it all. I think, I feel like she was trying to bust up the mood a little bit here. I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I think it's really funny. I guess we'll talk about this in a second, but um, that's going from, like, this really... In- intense song to like a lighter mood and then it's just like nothing even matters <laughs> I, I yeah something so meta yeah. <laughs> well meta yeah 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 and, but I, I i i love that there's a song in here you know this this record is very bitter in a lot of ways and it's coming from a place of heartbreak and but there there are so many moments of you know of being joyful and um Exuberance. celebrating what matters and um i love that lawrence still like in the you know the few interviews we have with her she like you know preaches much love to her family and her community and where she comes from and um and i i think it's cool to have a song that's so um like richly in images yeah honors that and what's cool about it is it's not all they're not all positive yeah, images. I mean, true. there's images of no. poverty yeah, and true. racial, I mean, uh, trouble and mm-hmm. cops and gangs. And but it's all the things that made, you know, Lauren Hill's young life. It's the it's it's got it all in there, good and bad. And she can look back on it and, re, you know, and realize that I that, that that's what it is. And it helped her get to where she was. Like I say, it's just like, I mean, Back when Doug Fresh and Slick Rick were together, uh, that's I remember that. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't. There. Um, yeah, I think also like musically, it just go as another example of how this is not just an R and B album. This is not just a hip hop album. I mean, this is a funk album. It's it has reggae, it has doo-wop, it has so many musical elements and she just flows so seamlessly that I think we kind of forget to even name them because it feels so natural, but it's, it, I mean, yeah, it's a completely different song than, it's a completely different genre of song than Lost Ones or To Zion. Um, and that, it, yeah, it just... It was one of my favorite, my go-tos on this album, for sure. I listened to it on repeat. What was your score on this one? Every ghetto, every city? I had 14. All right. Amelia? I've... Rosie? 14. All right. This was Shannon's 10, and this was my 9. And Wayne, one more time. 16. Yeah, baby. Anybody who calls out Bismarck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have you ever seen, Wayne, have you ever seen Biz's Beat of the Day? On the... No. He's on this he's on this children's show called Yo Gabba Gabba, and he does a segment on the show where he teaches kids how to beatbox. Oh. And it's hilarious. There, he's so, and he's usually dressed up in some weird costume. It's pretty great. It's just a good <laughs> oh, Halloween one. I like, yeah... <laughs> A lot of art throwback hip hop and R and B artist cameos in in general. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. I think they pretty, just all do like psychedelics and knock it out on a weekend. <laughs> Erica Badu's really- doing like 
in a jumpsuit in one of the episodes. It's really great. Really? It's, the, okay. it's one of the, the, the best perks of having a four-year-old is coming across you. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to watch. So my my 11-year-old used to read the Pete the Cat books. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And so I tried to watch. Elvis Costello. Pete, that's no. exactly yeah. the reason why. And, and, I, and, and he was like, Dad, I'm not feeling we watch one episode and i'm like you disappointed i can't get out of my house i can't watch this on my own like you know i need you buddy i'm gonna start babysitting the neighbor yeah exactly can't wait to have grandkids yeah Yeah. all right uh next song is nothing even matters And this is with D'Angelo. Yeah, the finger snaps. That's what drove me crazy. (laughs) It drove me crazy. I love it. I love it. Um, It's not a bad song, but it's very... I, I I mentioned it's very quiet storm, mm. Mm. Um, and this was this was nominated for best duo at the Grammys, didn't win. Um, here were the nominees: so um, Kirk Franklin with R. Kelly. Crystal Lewis, Mary J, and Bono for their version of Lean on Me. Hmm. Casey and JoJo for All My Life. The Temptations for Stay. And then Brandy and Monica for The Boy is Mine. Oh, that's that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Casey, JoJo. That's a I know, right? (laughs) That's a good song. That Boy is Mine. Oh, so good. Uh, Yeah. That's a great video. I might have said this last one. I don't think I know the Temptation song. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know either. I think they got nominated because they're the Temptations. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's fair. Wayne, you didn't like this finger snaps. No, I the too many finger snaps, too many woos. They just repeat the title over and over again. Um, I would have rather this was on the D'Angelo album that I didn't listen to, featuring (laughs) Lauren Hill. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Rachel. It was also not my favorite. I do okay. love D'Angelo, but um, I just didn't think... I, th- I thought that they both kind of took away from each other instead of added to each other. All right. So this tracked really high for Shannon. Should I should I ask Shannon for a sound clip yeah, for this one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was her 13. So this was her high, one of her highest. This was my eight... And I'm rethinking that because I listened to it again today and I'm like, oh, those finger snaps. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm yeah. but I'm staying with I'm staying with my original scores. Rosie, what was your score on it this was one? Six. And then Amelia. Mine was really high. It was eleven. And I think it's really it was really just 
because I love DeAngelis. <laughs> because we're talking You were romantically biased. <laughs> and I just had to get it in there. But I know I think So you you were listening to this song while you're watching the D'Angelo video. <laughs> Yeah. I got it. I got it. Uh, yeah, yep, come on. I was, how old was I in 98? I was 13. Look, all I was 13. Every, every woman back in the day were like, oh, I remember that video. <laughs> Slow pants. It's know. unforgettable. It's, okay. it's, a, um, it's, it, it's like us, Wayne, with, um, what was it, Open Your Heart? The Madonna video uh, back in the day? Oh. I thought you were going to say a Shania Twain video. Or for Wayne, it's any Shania Twain. (laughs) I do like that Open Your Heart video. I love me some Shania. All right. uh, Next song, Everything is Everything. That's true enough. This was the third and final single from the record. Uh, peaked at number 35 on the Billboard Hot 100, 14 on the R&B. Um, this is also credited with launching the career of, let's see if you guys remember, who plays oh, piano yeah. on John this Legend. one. Yeah. John yeah. Legend. John Legend. All right. Um, I just love this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I listened to song. it again today and I'm like, nope. This is still my top song. Oh, good. I'm glad it was someone 16. It was going to be mine too, but then, yeah. This is this is so good. good. This is so good. Um, it's just a jam. Mm-hmm. And still, it speak of still being relevant today. Um, her the video of this is really cool. Uh, it's like. Um, she's just walking through a city, but the city is like it's on a turntable. Yeah. And so there's a hand that comes in and kind of does like a wicka wicka, like like it's like spinning the the album or spinning the record rather. And um, yeah, just is like kind of like giving little do overs, like when bad things happen, and then it's like er, do over. Um, and just has this sort of like meta and still somewhat positive and optimistic spin to this what can otherwise be a very depressing fact that everything is everything and uh and it just kind of puts the i think the world and and the hardship that she's talking about too in perspective here we are yeah also known as theme song for 2020 right (laughs) yeah everything is just everything Mm -hmm. everything is everything Develop a negative into a positive picture. Everything is everything. And that's After where I struggle. must come spring. <laughs> yeah. In the context of the record, too, I think it's just very beautifully placed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't even talked about sequencing. Other than, oh, yeah. other than a, a couple faux pas, I would say it. there's a flow to it. Like you can tell that R and B, you know, R and B artists 
know all about flow. And so <laughs> the sequencing of this um, is pretty genius. And I'll, I'll talk about why I, I, well, I talked about last time that we recorded that I felt like next song they needed just end it. Mm. That was that was perfect sequencing to me. We'll get there in just a second. Let's get mm. scores on this one first. So I told you this is my top song. Rosie, your score? Also my top, 16. Yeah, fist bump right there. All right, Amelia. <laughs> Eight. Uh, Rachel. 15. Wayne. 12. All right, and this was Shannon's nine. All right, so next song is The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. I know this does, didn't track very high for most of you, um, but it did for me because I just, again, from the sequencing standpoint, this was this was bringing everything together to me. Um, I don't like the fact that I had to make the executive decision to also listen and score the hidden tracks because I, I wanted it to be done right here. Like, I know the other songs are good, but if we're talking about this as a concept record, I feel like this is the bow. Um, so, yeah, what more appropriate way to end the miseducation of Lauren Hill than end with the song titled "Miseducation of Lauren Hill"? Yeah, and I, I agree that this is the way to end it. And the other two songs, you know what? '90s. We there was the hidden track I era. It's a hidden track decade. But but again, with with the lyrics of this, where you know, she wraps up up this where in deep in my heart the answer it was in me. Like mm-hmm. you're you're getting all those skits of talking about, you know, these kids talking about love and what is love and I feel like this Love according to Titanic and Romeo and Juliet. Right. No, it's it's you're yeah, you define your own destiny as as how she puts in the lyrics. And you find that love within yourself. Once you find that, you can you can spread it around. Um, and so that's why I just that's why I kind of I I have a little problem with the next two songs. Just <laughs> this this is perfect sequencing. Mm-hmm. End it right here. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you, buddy. All right. I think I think too. One of the things I like about this song that I I scored it pretty low, but I looking back through the lyrics are so wordy and like, you you know, you were joking Wayne with reciprocity and she just has this way of speaking lyrics that come from such a deep place within her that they don't feel wordy. They feel like just right. Mm -hmm. And I think that as of, as vocalists, we can all learn from that sort of like, if you mean it, you can say however many syllable word you want. And really, like, I don't know, but there's something that's so, um, like, even the word destiny, I can never imagine myself getting away with singing that word destiny, but it comes from such a true place within her that it's just like, you're like, yeah. So, so deliberate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 
That is your destiny. Yeah. And she speaks that way. I mean, if you listen to her talk, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, she's one of the most eloquent people I've ever heard speak. It's, she's amazing. She understands the power of words. She does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it brings it back to the title and to this concept of self-determination, the, the, the concept, I should say, of self-determination and, you know, in a broader sense and... Um, which I think, you know, she's talking about something that's very personal, but she's talking about, you know, all kinds of other stuff, you know, black liberation in general, you know, all, all sorts of things. And, um, yeah, it's a perfect way to end the record. Mm -hmm. This this is, yep. This is my 10. Rosie, what was your score? Sadly a two. Um, yeah. This, this was Shannon's too as well, so you're in company. Uh, Amelia? 14. Rachel? 5. Wayne? I gave it a 6. Okay. And now the next two songs are actually the hidden track, so next is Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. You'd be like heaven to touch. I want to hold you so much At long last love has arrived And I thank God I'm alive You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off This was very much in the same stylings as the Fugees, Killing Me Softly. Um, this was nominated for a Grammy for Best... Was it Pop Vocal? I think it was Pop Vocal. Um, didn't win. Let's see if let's see if you guys can remember who won it. Actually, we'll 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 ask we'll see if <laughs> oh. Wayne remembers this. All right. So here are the I remember who it was. Yeah, yeah here are the nominees. So Sarah Sarah McLaughlin, Adia, Natalie and Brulia, Torn, Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On, Cheryl Crow's My Favorite Mistake, and then this song. Wayne, what do you think? I. Uh, can't believe anybody would have beaten Celine Dion with that yeah. horrible song of hers. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. brother. No one's uh, chosen I'm, to do that. I'm, go- I'm going on record. If if anyone chooses a Celine Dion record to score, that's where we retire the podcast. <laughs> No. Wow. That is a statement. I will do a Michael Bolden record over Celine Dion any day. I'm going on record. Celine Dion retires the show. Someone's going to prove you. That makes me want to go back and listen to Celine Dion right now. I'm like, man, was it really that offensive? Apparently, you don't want to come back on the podcast. (laughs) You don't even want the podcast to be around. (laughs) No. I just want to listen to it i won't make anyone else just no because i because I, I feel like after i trash an album then you kind of have to just do the mic drop after that so yeah, yeah. all right um i'm looking at score so wayne this was you had the highest score out of all of us what is it about this song well and this doesn't she doesn't get up to what killing me softly was i actually bought the fuji's record for another cover of no woman, no cry. Mm. But I already would. This was this put it already on my radar. But I also I like that she, especially with that little chatter in the beginning, she knows what 
everybody's thinking. I mean, she's doing it on purpose. She 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 references uh, refugees, uh, and then there, I, I think as part of it is also that obviously Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons were Jersey boys, and she's just a Jersey girl, mm-hmm. and she's she's paying homage to the to the home state. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. What was your score on this one? I gave it a ten. All right. This was my six. This was Shannon's six as well. Rosie? It's my eight. Okay. And Amelia? One. For the structure, you know. (laughs) Rachel, your score? uh, Two. Okay. And then let's wrap this up with Tell Him. This is definitely a sound bite for Shannon. Yeah. Anyone anyone else feel like um the groove at the beginning is Bill Withers use me? Mm. And yeah, we're gonna get a sound bite from, from Shannon here in just a minute because yeah, I loved what she said. Spoiler alert, this is her sixteen and who else had this high? Oh, I did. This was my thirteen. <laughs> um I like oh, yeah. I like the fact that in this song um not once in the song does it say that the quote unquote him is God. Mm-hmm. So it could be anything. It could be God. It could be the universe. It could be a lending ear. Um, it's a beautiful song. I know I already said that the Miseducation was a good album closer. Um, this again, if I got to if I got to choose a different song to be an album closer, where you use the hidden tracks as your album closer yeah it's it's a good closer um it just doesn't fit in with the rest of the concept which is where i've mm-hmm. got the, the issue as a standalone song it's great i do i do really dig the song i know you guys don't it agree makes me, with that but no i i do i think i uh i was thinking too about what wayne was saying about the it can go big or it can be a really small minute thing and i i read it these lyrics, I hear them as, as like a lullaby to her son. Um, but, but yeah, there is that. And, and she's playing with that into Zion too. It's like, it's, it could be her son or, or a prayer to a higher power and, and they're what they're interchangeable. And that's where I, I, I think that's lyrically genius. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, anyone else final words on, tell him before I get yeah, to it work. was too good to leave off I don't I mean I I don't know that b-sides were a big thing at the time so I no. guess I I get getting it in there but I did like I say I liked how she kept it is she talking like about a specific man or the right. man that's is what I'm it, saying and, but she never <laughs> gives it away and I think yeah. that that's the you there's always that desire to to get to the punchline and she 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 does she refuses to do it. I want another song exploder for this one too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Yeah. Uh this is my 13. Rosie, your score? A 3. It's one of those I wish I'd bumped up. All right. Amelia? 2. Rachel? 7. 
Wayne? Five. All right. So this is the part where I say, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? Wayne, what do you think? Um, I don't, yeah, I'm sure we missed a lot of the musical stuff like that, like they had mentioned. We didn't get into a lot of who played what besides the, you know, Carlos Santana one time. But I'm sure there's a lot that goes into us. I know there was a lot of people involved. I mean, when you look at the Wikipedia page, there's, there's a ton of people involved. Yeah, and that I want to piggyback off that and say we didn't talk about sort of the interesting production process that was kind of all over the place. Like she was in Tough Gong, and then she also did a lot of her own stuff in back in the states. And so um, I think that that also has for it to be such a cohesive album that was recorded in different places and really led by her. Um, is I think part of what makes it to this very much her her own album, like she was really driving, but then yeah, taking in all these elements from where she was and um, it's yeah, really special too. Even though people have differences of opinion about that, I think there's you know still to this day we'll never know how much you know. All of the people surrounding this album that have feel like they should have gotten a lot more credit. Mm. You know yeah. how much of that was was real and how much was you know truly. I mean, it had it's so it's so personal that it has. And maybe to that's the reason come. why we'll never get a song exploder podcast mm-hmm. out of this. One. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think about that with um, Fiona Apple said something like every musical, everything that I make becomes, I take more and more ownership and get to do more and more of the things. And so I feel better and better about it. Like going from, you know, criminal to where she was like, um, still a child (laughs) to, you know, what she's putting out now where it's all recorded at home and with, you know, she's doing a lot of the instruments and stuff that just sort of that journey of self-made and, and self ownership. If you listen to the podcast, you already know how I feel about fetch the bolt cut. All right. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's get our top five. So any guesses on what number one is? Um, oh, wait. I know, I know. I'm going to guess everything is everything. Everything is everything. Oh, cool. So it, so I I did the average just keeping Wayne out of the equation based <laughs> Sorry, off of the Wayne. previous episode. Hold on. But then, I, <laughs> but then I also did a second average score with Wayne's scores, and our top five did not change. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Just slid right in. <laughs> yep. That's great. All right. So so number one is everything is everything. Number two, doo-wop, that thing, average score of 12.4. We've got Forgive Them Father. they got an average score of 11. Um, let's see. Every Ghetto, Every City is number mm-hmm. four. And then number five is? Zion? Superstar. 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 Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I feel great about that. That's the biggest leap, not surprising, um, from one episode to the other was X Factor. 
because yeah. Wayne gave it a 15. But it still didn't make our top five. Sorry, Wayne. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. I was with you with 13 on that one. Yeah, I thought we did pretty high. So did we, did we do it? Did we, um, did we capture the magic twice? <laughs> it was different. I liked it both times. Wayne, I, I expected a lot more heckling out of you. I thought you were... I know. I was, <laughs> I was hoping to like, yeah, get to really like go at it with you. Yeah. I'm sorry. We'll have to do something else. That I, it's a Celine Dion record or something. Maybe. <laughs> we'll do Celine yeah. Dion. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do Celine Dion and then we'll really get into it. I may have overstated his curmudgeonly ways. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I got a bad rap. <laughs> it's usually warranted. I hate though. on Lauren. You, she's so she's powerful. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know how you could do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so tell people where they can find all, uh, all the happenings of Call Me Spinster. Um, and all the happenings, yeah. We have a um, our, our next shows are coming up in Chattanooga. We have um, one weekend in the Woodshop. That is, can you help me with the dates? Well, we yeah, just the check out our 17. website, dot com, yeah. and social media. We're at Call Me Spinster, but we're playing a couple shows in Atlanta mm-hmm. coming up. We're going to be at Eddie Owen's new place in Duluth, Georgia, and we're doing a whole weekend and athens um at hendershots in may early may um so yeah we'll be kind of out and about in the southeast and then um i'm having another baby in june so we're trying to just smush in as many shows as we can before we take a little hike go on another that. maternity leave yeah yeah, yeah i right. is everyone going on this one yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, it's hard to find a replacement accordion player. <laughs> That's true. That, true enough. That is true. Well, right. Just so you know, you're out of the extra larges of the black shirts with the yellow circle. <gasps> I had to get the just the black one. While. Oh, my gosh. Thanks oh, for letting us know. Did you order this while we were recording? You know I did. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We have some cool merch, right? I, I called I called him out on a recent episode because I'm like that's this is what he's doing during the interview portion while I'm talking to the guests. That's he's the out there ordering T-shirts and uh, you even said no, I'm not doing that. I wasn't that time. I was doing you, it this time. No, you didn't ask. This time. Well, we appreciate both of your work. <laughs> all right. Well, as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. Uh, on the socials, I'm in the Facebook page. Just search for Records Revisited Podcast or on Twitter at Podcast Records. Wayne Man's the Instagram page. Where can they find us there? Records Revisited Podcast. And then, of course, we're on all the, the, the platforms for podcasts. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I'm probably missing like 20 different podcast platforms because it seems like there's a new one every week. Um, and of course on all those platforms, go subscribe and rate or review us. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. I would tell you to go to live show, but, um, we're getting back out there. Just be safe out there. Make sure you wear a mask, socially distance yourself, be safe out there. Um, I would tell you to go buy a t-shirt of the band, but Wayne already did it during the interview portion. So, um, yeah, you can definitely go buy a t-shirt of the band. Make sure you buy a record and just be safe out there. We are Records Revisited, and we are... Out! Out.
Ah, wow, 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 wow. 